Moving forward after 2023, the Big 12 might be the worst Power 4 conference. Or it might be the best Power 4 conference. What, what do we do with this? This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from EA. ESPN Central Texas, and while I thought I would do today's show alone, it is 10-year radio vet from Sirius XM Big 12, Robbie Triano. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. And Robbie, I know that life has taken you away from the Dose Grande, the heartland, the beauty that is the Big 12, but you've still stayed so engaged, especially with Show Them the Shirt, Do the Shirt thing. And if you're listening, it says, give them hell, Brigham, which I think is like a like a misnomer here, but an interesting dichotomy in that. Uh, it's BYU shirt that he's brought to the show today. Robbie, you have a more holistic view on the conference now that you've moved out to the bright lights of Chicago. What did you learn about the Big 12 in 2023 that we can carry with us into the new era? Well, Drake, it's a pleasure to see you. Um, yeah, so for the people who don't know me, I work for SiriusXM Big 12 Radio. So every single day for about four years, I consume the Big 12 a whole lot. And this year, I actually really enjoyed, you know, kind of being on the sidelines and like seeing this league, you know, not in a work way, but like as a fan way. And we all know the intrigue of the Big 12 this year with the four new teams. But I came into the season with three, let's say, like things I was most intrigued with. Number one was Texas. That was my number one. Can they do it? They did it. They're going to play in the Big 12 championship. They did. Take number two, how would the four new teams do? Uh, Not great. UCF performed, but out of the bottom four teams, three of them were the new teams besides Baylor. Um, Not great. And number three, which was the most surprising thing in the Big 12 this year, and what I learned was about TCU. My expectation for them was could they, you know, become that team in the Big 12 that is going to be the new Oklahoma, the team that is – Every year, number one fighting, you know, and being up there when we talk about the conversation. And that was really surprising to me. And what I learned from TCU is I don't know, which was really like really difficult because I think they had an amazing chance to enhance the momentum of last year. They went to the national title game. They shocked the entire country. They proved that you can win at a huge level at TCU. And then they go in the national title game and absolutely stink it up uh, really bad, like really, really bad. And instead of, you know, fighting back and being like, you know what, we are here to stay. They squandered that opportunity and honestly kind of made the Big 12 look pretty bad because they had a chance to, you know, stay up there and they didn't. Um, So that was one thing I was really surprised about from the Big 12. And what I learned is I don't know what to expect with with Sonny Dykes and TCU. Yeah. With. Let's let's go back to point number one. Point number one here was Texas being good. Not only are they good, they're the best team in the Big 12. They're in the conversation for college football playoff. They need some stuff to happen for them. Why? I, I don't I don't revel in this. I don't think anybody else does. As someone who wants to represent the other teams that are still in the Big 12, these guys left. This is the one year we needed them to be bad. And it's the one year of the last 15 they've been this good. Yeah, no, I just think that every offseason we talk about how on paper they're the best. Like they have the best roster recruiting wise. So many five stars littered with it. It's a 24 sports heaven where it's like, oh, I look at the recruiting rankings. Look at that. 
this year, I feel like they finally put what was on paper on the field. And that's a sign of really good coaching and, you know, really good development at Texas that they haven't had in a while. And I think that comes from building big, beefy men on the line. And I think they did that and they proved that they can have NFL caliber players. And I think this was the year where just up and down the roster compared to the rest of the Big 12, just a lot more talented, better coached. And the thing that separated them is they would lose the game in the second half in this embarrassing fashion. They would find a way to have a big lead, squander it, and lose. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State last year. I mean, yeah, it was awful. Correct. And this year, there was a lot of opportunities that they had a big lead, squandered it like at at Kansas State. They almost lost to Houston, but they still found a way to win. And that is like the difference right now with Texas is not only are they finding a way to win, but they are head and shoulders more talented than everybody else right now. And if they beat Oklahoma, I really do think we would be talking more about them as a college national championship contender right now instead of a team that may squeak into the college football playoff if Florida State loses or if there's some chaos that goes on. So let's let's not bury the lead too far then. Your second point, you mentioned the new teams. Texas, as much as we can talk about how good they've been this season, it does nothing for the future of this league. It almost shows you that them leaving is even worse of a stamp than you once thought. So now with these four newbies... They didn't do very well. They were terrible this season. Everybody can scream adjustment period. And yeah, that makes sense. Utah struggled its first year in the pack. I think they were seven and five. I say struggle compared to these teams. It was great. And now you have Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado coming in. Is the Big 12 buried so far behind the Big, the Big 10 and the SEC that it's just a, a moot point and even trying to outrace those leagues? Yeah, that's interesting. And I think, you know, we see the Big Ten as this major, major conference. Right, Northwestern and Rutgers. And they make make a lot of money and they obviously are pivotal institutions uh, when it comes to America, not even talking about sports, but like when you talk about universities, like Michigan is an incredible university and like seen across the country. But like you look at the Big Ten and there is a lot of crap. Like, Like I'm a Michigan State fan my whole life. Michigan State is dog right now i'm sorry if i'm sore but like bad like really bad did you say i'm sorry if i swore you did i don't even know you it's not even if you did you did yeah indiana Rutgers, maryland is a team that yay they snuck in they were seven and five and then you have nebraska which is bad but will be better purdue illinois minnesota like we see these conferences as like they are unbeatable the sec is the only one i could say like okay yeah that one makes sense But like we see the Big Ten as this major powerhouse because Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and sometimes Michigan State has them on their shoulders. And what I really like about the Big 12, even though I don't think the new four teams necessarily lived up or like, you know, showed that they can immediately be good in this league. I do think moving forward, this is a league where top to bottom, you can't say there is a true stinker. Like I I, I think that there is not a program right now where it's like, this is bad. And like right now, I think, you know, Cincinnati is bad, but we just saw how good they could be down the road. Mm -hmm. You look at Houston, like they didn't have a great year. They fired Dana Holgerson, but you're going to tell me like you would rather be Minnesota than Houston, like recruiting wise, I would rather have Houston as a school. And like, that's where like, I don't know if they're going to have a team that will always be in the top. Um, And that's where like, I think this is like the league of depth and the league in the college football playoff, a team that could like, make some noise and like looking at this, you know, big 12 title game, 
I had a, an opinion of like, okay, who would be the top three teams that could compete, you know, for big 12 titles every year moving forward when you add the new four schools in and like Utah would be the pick right now, but how can you not say Oklahoma state if Mike Gundy's there, he has some stinker games, but he wins. He wins win. consistently every single year. And, and that's where, you know, top three teams moving forward. I think TCU kind of got bumped out and Oklahoma State and BYU or Oklahoma State and Utah. Wow. I can't believe I mixed up BYU and Utah. They're going to love me for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Drake. Oh yes. Front row. Uh, Mr. Triano, Drake told ESPN Central Texas and locked on big 12. Uh, but yeah. Nice TCU bad now Baylor bad at Texas Tech doesn't live up to expectations is this a good thing or a bad thing that the teams that we thought would carry the Big 12 into the new era just aren't very good Oklahoma State notwithstanding no I think it's bad um like as much as we love parody I think we want some things to be constant I don't think it's good to constantly have a roller coaster when it comes to your programs at the top I think it Yes, I do like a little wavy wave. I don't think it's good for the league if, you know, every four years you have to be like, oh, TCU is good. And then for three years they have to rebuild because that fourth year they had all the talent that they, you know, uh, accumulated and they finally developed in that point. Like what happened to TCU last year? There needs to be more constant and like more, you know, we can create NFL players every single year. And if they go to the draft, we can still be good and consistent. And that's where like TCU and Baylor, two most disappointing teams in the league this year. I don't even know if you even want to talk more about Baylor, the more you do. They squandered so much momentum and making poor decisions and keeping Dave Aranda. It's just a continually poor decision. And uh, I, I think they are squandering the opportunity to be a top program that we are going to talk about in the Big 12. Yeah. Now, should mention before we get into before we just hammer it home and keep the shovel in hand with the transfer portal conversation, how many big names have already said they're going to leave the Big 12. The conference did have a pretty good record against the SEC this year, and we'll see how bowl play it peters out. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the season finishes, especially with the transfer portal. Let's jump into that conversation next before let's hear from our friends at eBay Motors. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Every day, my car breaks down. I get in my car and it breaks down. And I think, hmm, me thinks this is an issue. And then I go to eBay Motors and it's not a problem anymore. Passion, drive, patience. That brings home the winning trophy. And it's what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, leveled up to peak performance. I have a Nissan Maxima. Sometimes I wreck it. That's what I do. One time I drove into a pole. I didn't see it. It was the same color as it was the same color as the brick wall. I drove into it. And then I went and I got superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more at eBay Motors because they're cheap and they have you covered. 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. They're affordable and they are guaranteed to fit your ride. And they're guaranteed to last or your money back because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eBayMotors.com. All right, Rebarius, the transfer portal is open, except for the fact that it's not. 
and guys are already going and saying they're going to go and they're going to leave. And then Matt Rule comes out and says a valuable quarterback's a million dollars, maybe 1.5, maybe $2 million. So guys like Blake Shapin have decided they're going to leave. Will Howard no longer at Kansas State. Uh, you've already seen like Miles Price leaving Texas Tech. Treshawn Ward at Kansas State. Um, and it, there, there was kind of a mass exodus from teams like Oklahoma State and Kansas State lost a lot of guys last year. What do I do with this? Is the Big 12 becoming just like a minor league for the SEC and the Big 10 as a guy like Will Howard wants to go now make more money somewhere else? Absolutely not. Um, I, I, I don't see it as that. I think the Big 12 is actually a home to the people in the SEC who necessarily didn't get the opportunity they wanted to. This is we like look a premier at- league. Yeah, I, I, th- players. I think it's a place where other teams can really shine and develop. Okay. Like we look at Kansas State. You added Keegan Johnson from Iowa. That's yeah. a good program. You're not just adding only G5 talent. We look at TCU. How many players from Alabama oh, did geez, they have yeah. in the transfer portal this year? And I think the exception to that is the elite talent who was kind of not ready for the NFL draft but can have – like. They have a market or a value in the transfer portal. When I see Will Howard, I wanted I wanted him to be a lifelong Kansas State person and then go to the draft. Like that is what you know. We all love the players who stick around to their franchise for the rest of time. Or we love right. that you know what they were exclusively this. But if I was Kansas State, I have no problem with Will Howard leaving. If I was Chris Kleiman, you you maxed out everything you could with Will Howard. And I think you are setting your entire team, your program back. If you don't have Avery Johnson as the quarterback. And if I'm Will Howard, if I go to the NFL draft, what is my grade ceiling fourth round, maybe fifth round. If I went to, let's say a Notre Dame and got that Matt rule, you know, 2 million per, you know, for a really good quarterback, like that's really good. You could have 2 million to play at a major, major school where you're probably going to be around better weapons than you would at Kansas state, even though they're having success. Like, I think that's a good move for Will Howard, Blake shape. And I have no idea. I have no idea where he can go next just because, you know, he showed glimpses of being really good. You know, that big 12 title game, he, he won that game for them. Like he had an excellent first half, but he was also, I think in terrible situations to really show off how good he could be, you know, Jeff Grimes is a great coach, but that hasn't, you know, resulted in winning and it also you know he got fired so i don't know if he's going to be quarterback that goes to a g5 level shows off or goes to you know let's say a middling team like let's say like arkansas would he be good at arkansas yeah like like so i i like the transfer portal a whole lot though i think it brings a lot of intrigue and like the nba nfl free agency to the sport uh to you know continue continue coverage for the whole year does the transfer portal make the Big 12 more or less competitive with the SEC and the Big 10. I know it's a comparison game that I keep playing here, but you have to now that it's a power four because the future of these four conferences is still up in the, the ACC might not exist in five years. And who knows the future of the Big 12 is the transfer portal going to even that playing field? I, I think so. Um, and I think we're kind of seeing it a little bit. And, uh, you, you know, you know in- a little uh, before we, if quarterbacks are worth $2 million and a Big 12 quarterback can move up and get that kind of money, how does that even the playing field? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but it's not like, you know, I think the major schools are going to develop their quarterback. Like you look at an Alabama, I don't think they're going to, you know, 
grab the best quarterback in the portal because yeah, they right. have the most right. money. Or like George is going to be like, we're going to take them. I think the best schools, you know, constantly stack on really good recruits. Like you look at Michigan, like J.J. McCarthy, you know, they grew him up and now he's going to be that. And I don't think now they're going to be like, all right, let's just get Will Howard just yeah. because we I, – I do think they want to grow into their systems. And I think what the Big 12 can be – and I think how they're going to catch up is through the portal, just because you look at recruiting rankings, they're not there yet. And I don't know if they ever will catch up to the SEC. And I, I, I think the transfer portal is a way for them to level that playing field. Like you look at Kansas State recruiting wise, not very good, but they are so good at identifying people in the portal and building them up and immediately placing them in for success. So like money wise, I don't know where the big 12 ranks, you know, NIL wise with everybody else, but I do think, you know, the transfer portal is amazing for the big 12 to be able to compete when they can't recruiting wise question, Drake. I have a follow up to my earlier question. Drake told ESPN central Texas locked on big 12. Okay. You can go on. Fine. Fine. I'll take two questions. The NIL thing. We talk about it so much as if that's what creates it. Baylor's screaming it right now. Oh, we're going to improve NIL. Arkansas is saying the same thing, and that's going to make us good now. TCU wasn't at the forefront of NIL, and they won a college football playoff game, went to the national championship. Do you think that the transfer portal has so much more of a, of a factor in who's going to be a player in the playoff than NIL actually does? Hmm. That's a fun question. That's a good follow-up right there. It is a good one. I do think NIL has a major impact when it comes to, I think it has more of an impact when it comes to high school recruiting, when it comes to every, anything, but really like how, how much credit are we giving NIL everything? That's why when Dave Aranda was like, he's going to use NIL more. And now it means Baylor's going to win games and yeah. people are going to come to the stands and people are going to care. Like, I, I think that's so stupid. Like you want to know how you win? You develop a really good culture. You bring up really good talent. You prove that, hey, you want to come here? We're going to win. I don't think if you just sit rely solely on the transfer portal and solely on NIL, you're going to win. I think you have to develop some type of culture somewhat. So, like, I think NIL is – I don't know. That's a really confusing question, but really, like, thought-provoking. I like that. But I do think, you know – yeah, I don't know what I think, actually. Wow, that w- that was eloquent. If if nothing else, great Christmas tree. I think I just, I th- I think I just put a lot of words together. I believe you repeated the question back to me, but in yeah, a much longer, in a much more drawn out. I way. wish I said it like Dave Aranda. They're like, yeah, you know, that's just a really appreciate good question. the question. That's what appreciate he says it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Appreciate the question. Yeah. Uh, he's appreciated a lot of my questions, and I don't appreciate that he is still going to be able to appreciate <laughs> my questions. Uh, yeah. Robbie, let's jump into the Big 12 title this week in Oklahoma State and Texas. Is there any way to keep this from being a blowout? But first, we'll hear from our friends at Prize Picks. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prize Picks, it's where I go to make money. I, I'm sitting around on my couch and I'm thinking, I don't really want to go to work today. I don't. I call in sick. I don't go to work and I make even more money than I could have made by going to work because I, I go to prize picks. And with basketball season here, you can pick a combo. I, I take these, these, I parlay these props together. LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, 10 and a half point combo of three pointers made in receptions. Ha! It hits $25 to win a million sometimes. If you you can play alongside Andrew Soltz, rapper Mill, Mick, Meek Mill, that's what the kids are listening to now. He plays prize picks. It even offers you a reboot policy. Your player gets hurt in the first half, doesn't come back in the second. It just rebooted. We forgive you for that. There's insurance at Prize Picks. Turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks with a couple of taps. PrizePicks.com. 
forward slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for your first deposit matchup to 100 bucks. You give 100, you get 100 in free play. Prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. That is prize picks. Forward slash locked on college. The Big 12 championships this weekend. Oklahoma State and Texas. Ollie Gordon. The one Texas defense is great at defending the run. It's not good at defending the pass. So we should then lean on Oklahoma State's quarterback, right? But it's Alan Bowman. Robbie, will this game be un blowout? I don't think so. Um, (laughs) I really don't. And the number is massive. 14 and a half. Yeah. Do you take Oklahoma State plus 14 and a half? Best bets here. What do you do? I do. I am taking that. And just for the sole fact of we've seen and we talked about it earlier multiple times how Texas is a team that will squander a big lead or keep teams in that really shouldn't be in there. And I think Oklahoma State is a team that has the best player. I think Ollie Gordon, out of those two teams, is the best player. You may love Xavier Worthy. You may love Jatavian Sanders. You may love Teandre Sweat. No. Ollie Gordon is the best player in this game that is going on. And if you have a player like that, you're going to keep it close. And I know Oklahoma State got blown up by UCF, but that is a gritty team. That is a team that fights back physicality-wise. I love the matchup of these two. And they just showed that last game against BYU. Like, although BYU is not the Texas Longhorns, I can confirm, uh, they were down and they fought back. And I think that is a team that if they have to rely on their pass – Good luck, but they do have a Brendan Presley. They do have the offense that can, you know, keep on chipping away. So that's where I'm having hope in Oklahoma State. I don't think they're going to win this game, but is it going to be close? I I think so, and I don't think Mike Gundy will allow a blowout versus Texas in the title game. I'm going to – I won't even raise my hand. I'm just going to butt in. I am – if this game is close, I think Oklahoma State wins. The way that Texas has played this year has been get out by 14, get out by 21, get out by 20. Then at the end of the game, things close in on them. We've seen a a couple of teams do that against UT. For Oklahoma State, they've had a pattern before of somebody else jumps out. They find a way to close the ball game out. They have just closed out games at the end when it's close. Look at West Virginia, where they're right there. West Virginia has the game in hand, in control in the third quarter. Oklahoma State wins by double digits. If it's close... I think Oklahoma State has the better closing ability of these two teams. But I want to take you through some of these props here. Oklahoma State and Texas over under 55 and a half. I'm going to go with, ooh, that's actually good because I do think defensively, like Texas is very, they're a lot better than they were before. And I think Oklahoma State has the pieces, but I am going to go with the over here just because I think there is going to be a point where we get into a shootout. So I'm going to go with the over there and, hmm. If I were to make a score prediction, I think both both teams are going to get, let's say, let's say I'm going to say like in the 30s. I feel like oh, if you hit wow. 40, you're going to win. I think if you hit 40, you're going to win. Well, I have a best bet for you. This is my favorite bet in the world. Oklahoma State at FanDuel right now, minus 110 as a team total of 19 and a half points. <laughs> you can take Oklahoma State over 19 and a half right now, at minus 110 at FanDuel. Would you do that? I would and I, I think I, I just trust Ollie Gordon too much. I think he's going to confirm, get a touchdown. I have that prop down, Ollie Gordon touchdown. I'm just going to guarantee that if you have 20 touchdowns in a given season and you're the best player on the full, like on the, I almost said court. It's yeah, not a court. why not? No. Um, also, Nelly's going to be there. 
Nelly's going to be there. Does the game is going to be. Does live that make you care at all about Nelly? No. Um, this is. They say that the Big 12, the truck stop conference. And then Brett Yormark's like, no, we're not, guys. We have Nelly. <laughs> yeah. We literally have Nelly. Guys, I swear we're cool. We're going to be. And you know what? Fine. If you don't even like that, we'll bring in the WWE. Now we have the WWE, guys. They're, they're putting the WWE logo on the field on Saturday. And really? giving a WWE belt to the MVP of the game. See I, which, see, I love that. But like, how much is this marketing work? Or is it like Brett Yormark? Like, look what I did. And yeah. like holds his suspenders. Like, w- I'm the man. Yeah, I'm, I think doing, the, I'm doing a job. The French kid from third grade who had the John Cena shirt and the shorts just past the knee. So pumped yeah. right now. Yeah. Yes. The WWE coming to the Big 12 championship. Uh, also, the last year was Bape too. Like, why? Do, I, I don't know what that means. I still don't know what a, Bape a is. Bathing ape. And like, I don't know what this is. It's like, uh, why are we making the Big 12 bougie? They're also going <laughs> to live stream the game in Times Square. They were a big, they bought out one of the panels at Times Square, which makes me only wish it would be, it would have been Oklahoma State and Iowa State. So some New Yorkers just like, what the hell? What? What is that? What? Why? Yeah. Um, Forget Farmageddon. We got Nelly. This is Brett Yormark saying, we're cool, guys. Everybody yeah. calm down. We're the cool conference. Do you think uh, we're, we're compensating then? I think the Big 12 is compensating. 100%. I, I, to, a, to an extent where everybody sees it and they're like, that's ah, a little much. That's uh, like, a little we much. Can, we aren't the SEC when it comes to football, but we are sure cool. But we have the WWE and Nelly. All right. Yeah. Who does the SEC have at their halftime? Probably like Lee Greenwood. All of America is just, you know what? Somehow <laughs> Lee, know Greenwood. Lee Greenwood. Oh my God. Funny story. I've actually seen Lee Greenwood in concert. Why? Um, I was at, I was at a. Dead or alive, Lee Greenwood. My girlfriend lives in uh, Arizona. She's like, her family's there. And uh, we went to the Arizona State Fair and Lee Greenwood was performing. And if you, <laughs> yeah, all these people and like America flag stuff, everybody over the age of 70. And then it's just me like, I'm just eating a corn dog. Like, Gordon Lightfoot opens, Lee Greenwood comes out. It's just the, the night to remember. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Lee Greenwood. Yeah, that's what the SEC would do. And it'd be way cooler than Nelly being at halftime of the Big 12. It doesn't make it nobody... There, there is going to be one Oklahoma State fan that's like, what are they talking about down there? Who is that guy? What is he saying? He's, he's speaking real fast. They're going to leave. They're going to leave the game at halftime because of Nelly. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think you're overcompensating. It's not a good thing. Robbie, it is a good thing to see you. I missed you. You look both older and younger. Yeah, no, I, I think that's just the aging process of life. I think the more you live through life and the less you see a certain person, like I just look different. Yeah. Um, it's like a Benjamin yeah, but Button I, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I, have a que- I have some questions for you, though, if yeah. you have the time. Yeah, why not? You know, we, we talked about like what you learned, what I learned about the Big 12 this yeah. year. Like, like this is your first year as the host of Locked On Big 12. I think you are more tuned into the conference than you were at Baylor, even though I, I know you were tuned into everything else. Like moving forward, how do you feel about this conference? Because I think hype was incredible. Yeah. When Brett Yormark saved the conference and had these four teams, we were like, hell yes. And the YouTube clips were all flowing and yeah. all the views are there. But then Brett Yormark, I think, made some like weird decisions this year. Um, when it came to scheduling, when it came to what he said at the Texas Tech thing, I think we're seeing, you know, he's he's making some mistakes and he's not perfect. But moving forward, how do you feel about this conference? I think it's the most competitive conference in college football. 
it is going to be, it's going to bring the most parity still. Now, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. Parity does not drive ratings. There is not a, you know, I love seeing six and four Iowa State play six and four West Virginia in Ames in a night game. I am the sicko that thinks that's the coolest thing ever. It's so entertaining to me. The rest of the country doesn't agree. They're not going to FS1 to hear Tim Brando cough through the entire broadcast. We're not, you're not going to get that. So my, so my, bad. He's so bad. it's tough. It's a tough listen. Yeah. Um, I, so I decide I, I've decided that the big 12 is going to have to carry that brand of fun. They're, they're going to have to do that into the, into the next era of, um, of, of, of where college expansion goes, where conference expansion goes. That said, fun doesn't win, doesn't give you a lot of money, doesn't win you a lot of playoff games. That's where I'm worried. I am genuinely concerned about the talent gap that continues to grow and whether or not the Big 12 can compensate with the transfer portal or with an improved NIL. And I think you're right about the Big Ten. The Big Ten's not as far away as some might think, but the SEC, despite the Big 12 having a solid record against SEC teams and the SEC having an, a below 500 record against other Power 5 conferences, uh, I'm not confident. I don't have... I'm not confident that catching the SEC is realistic in the next decade. And I'm... It's in, not. It's just I'm, not. I'm, I'm off-put by some of like the WWE thing. I'm like, oh, dude, are there other ways we can concentrate our efforts on making money and doing actual cool stuff? And with the Gonzaga stuff, stop telling me every three weeks, hey, we're kind of talking again. Like you've broken up three times. You never even started right. dating in the first. You can't cheat on somebody when you're not even dating. Um, just there have been moves like that in the last three or four months that I haven't even talked about on the show because there's been such you know, you're at the forefront of football season. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm there are some things I'm leery of. Yes. Thank you. No, no, I agree with that. And I don't even know how much Brett Yormar can do to. Yeah. catch up with the SEC. Right. Because it's not like you can make Iowa State like I don't know, Ole Miss. No, you can't no. you can't give them that. No. And he's doing his best to elevate, you know, the conference, whether it's things that are like Nelly or or WWE. Cool. Like that is cool. But like how much can he really do to elevate this conference as much? He added these other schools. You did your job. Now, just like don't make mistakes, really yep. don't make mistakes and in- incrementally, you know, find ways to increase that revenue. But it's not like, you know, I, I don't know how we could catch up with the SEC mm-hmm. just because geographically recruiting wise and yeah. also name brand. There is no necessarily true name brand in the Big 12 right now. And no. right now, if if we were to pick the name brand, it would be Colorado because of Dion. Yes. Besides that. I don't know. Yeah, Colorado had 60 million viewers this year, which is just off the freaking charts compared to what what the Big 12 brings in. And so that could be your bell cap, but they're going to have to win. You need somebody who wins consistently. That's the, the beauty of Oregon is that they've won consistently or at least enough to be a power brand in, in college football. And the Big 12 lacks that. They lack a, even a Miami who won long enough that their brand still carries weight. Florida State, who has won long enough, that brand carries so much weight in college football, and they have staying power, not just in the ACC, but nationally. The Big 12 doesn't have anybody, anybody that you point at and say, wow, that is a scary program nationally. They're going to compete for national championships. And maybe maybe Utah develops into that. Maybe Colorado does. Maybe BYU does. Maybe Mike Gundy finally gets over that hump in the new Big 12 and finds a way to do it. But you need somebody to do you need somebody to do that. And I just don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, I, this is the conference I hope of new bloods. You have your blue bloods, and I hope yeah. the Big 12 develops a new blood. Utah, and if you don't, I, 
I hope does that. I hope Oklahoma State, you know, they've been consistent, but I hope that they can prove they can do this on a national level every mm-hmm. single year. And Kansas State is a program that disappointed this year, but I hope they become that new blood where, where yep. you see them, you're like, I don't want to play them. Yep. And I think the, the new college football playoff expansion will be good for the Big 12 because they can prove they can do that on a national level and not at some random bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's what I'm looking forward to. Cool. What do you say about the Liberty Bowl? What do you say about the Liberty Bowl? I, bowl season, like, I don't... I Half the players have already transferred. Half the coaches have left. Bowl season, to me, I don't care if a player goes to the NFL or they won't play for a certain reason or if they're transferring. No. Bowl season is strictly, let's see our young talent or let's see the players that we love that stuck around play one more time. No. I don't have all this hype about it. I'm not giving any stock, really, to a lot okay. of these bowl games. No. Um Bowl Pop games are just fun. They're fun. You'd gamble on them. They're, they're content. Uh, the games that matter are the college football playoff. And I think after the expansion, we're going to just realize bowl games are kind of just fun and shouldn't have any weight. That's Robele Triano. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Robbie, actually, I can't, I can't label you with an affiliation. It's Robbie Triano from Radio Shows in Chicago. <laughs> 670 the score. 670 the score in Chicago. I, I miss the Big 12 very much, but I'm still a fan. And uh, I'm stuck being friends with this Drake guy. So I have to, you know. It's a good name. Keep, keep up on content. It's a cool you know, name. Um, your name? Yeah. I do think it's a cool name. I think it rolls off the tongue. Oh, I don't know really if I like is. the C, though. It's just. Drake C. Toll. There's another Drake Toll who's like 24. It's tough. And I, there was You're a gonna point, let him beat you? There oh was a point God. in time where, they, where, yes, I was worried this guy's going to become famous for some reason. I'm going to have to have a differentiating factor. We sat down with the council <laughs> and had a very strict conversation about the other Drake Toll that existed in Kansas. You said, Brett, your mark, how do we separate ourselves? And I am... The C fr- is your Nelly. <laughs> I'm Facebook friends. It's my WWE bape. Is the C. It care. It's on... The logo's on the field. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I hope he's doing well, by the way. I haven't talked to him in a while. The other Drake Toll, who's legitimately two years older than me. He is. He's right. He's right there. Um, this has been locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. I love you. I miss you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Dose Grande.